Good day, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. We've given you tons of tennis material, but we missed our good friend Deb, so we went back to podcast then. I know y'all haters out here. I know you're secretly listening. I look at the numbers. Y'all do listen to us. But... Yeah, you know what? We're, t- we're, we're talking to you, Dima. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so welcome to another exciting episode. This is episode number 22, ladies. This is crazy and intense. I, I still cannot believe that we record one episode per week and have been like twice where we missed like a week and only twice that we didn't have a concurrent. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah. It wasn't 20 second yeah. yeah. weeks. So we've been in this. Oh my God, it's been six months. If I This was supposed to be a quarantine project that saw us through the COVID. Girl, we're still on the quarantine. Are you dude. kidding me? They got super spreaders <laughs> down down the road. Oh, oh yeah, God. stay inside, Deb. We'll, stay we inside. Be, we will be Christ inside until Jesus comes. <laughs> These people. Deb, hey, listen, all them fucktards were just here in Cleveland too. I know, and I just saw eleven people. That's right. Positive. So yeah, we're gonna be inside a minute. And these people went home to their families. And oh yeah, God. so let's get our new series on tap. This is yep. these people are <laughs> spreading spratagorites. Okay, <laughs> really, really, they're literally out here spreading spratagorites. Truly, but are. before I go any further, further, let me introduce my colleagues. I'm so happy we're back. It's always a joy for us to be having this discussion. We have Professor Deb. How are you doing, Deb? I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to jumping back in. I missed you guys last week, um, you know, on Potter, but I've certainly enjoyed you on tennis. <laughs> and we did speak about Potter nonetheless later on. <laughs> I love how we, we did, did that. As we didn't record that conversation, though. But. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we finished recording the tennis podcast, we're like, we need to call Deb. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, missed, exactly. we missed our Deb today. <laughs> And we have Janina from Fargo, Ohio. Girl, Janina put up a, I I need you in a box, okay? In a box. (laughs) It's a flower from these people. How are you doing in Cleveland? I mean. You're not in Cleveland, but. I'm not in Cleveland, but I'm close enough. And, whew. And I see the way that people are behaving here in general, and it's just not good. It's just not good. Quite scary. I, I am surrounded by deniers. Sometimes I think I'm in the world of fiction, but somehow in the world of fiction, they get things seemingly. Somebody they get it sorted out. <laughs> someone seems to understand the bigger picture, right? There is always someone there, right? Well, you know what? Oh my God. Maybe we're approaching the end, and that's all I'll say. I mean, in my mind, I'm grasping the madness that these people are doing, but then I am just like, I can't, I can't. This is. This cannot be real, but then it's also real. So we are back into the world of Harry Potter. We're in the seventh book. We just got past chapter one for the first book. And so <laughs> if that is it, I hope to God that we don't get to chapter by chapter and we're still in the quarantine. This would be... It would be typical of 2020. You know what I'm saying? It is so on brand. It is so on brand with 2020. You don't even know. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, this is not the October surprise we expected. And it's just the beginning of October. We haven't even had a week yet. But That's true. we're in the in memorandum. So we are back to our usual beginning focus in Privet Drive. And 
we see a sort of a um I would say a different Harry. Harry seemingly I guess we're dealing with sort of like We have actually, a sentimental Harry. No, actually I am wrong. Because this is a just a continuing pattern, right? Of Harry being in this sort of remote moaning period for the past three full books, right? In the end of, yes. beginning of book five, beginning of book six, beginning of book seven. He's in this sort of state. But I think we we have a moment where Harry, the character, is really reflecting on the moment, really. That he is not seemingly trying to deny what is happening in someone. He's not in shock, I would say. He's trying to process here, if that makes you know, sense. You know, Reels, you make such a good point, because I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, at the beginning of book five, he's trying to cope, he's trying to make sense of what happened with Cedric. In the beginning of book six, he's trying to make sense of what happened with Sirius. And now he's trying to make sense of what happened with Dumbledore. And so he keeps, it keeps getting closer and closer and, and a deeper sense of loss that is happening with him. And I think that's why there is a heaviness to his character in this book that permeates um, everything he does. And I think it's because, you know, we let we joke about the trauma that these young people are facing and nobody seems to deal with. But it really does. You see the, the full effect of it. And, you know, um, the fact that it is sheer, um, I don't want to say his drive and his own sense of purpose that gets him through this. But it's still with that heavy weight. It's like you're, you know, you're trying to get through something. You've got this humongous backpack on your back as you're trying to scale a mountain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you get that feeling of him right in the beginning of each of those books. And I think you make an excellent point that it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. But I I just want to add to that bit that you're saying here because you know as always Deb just makes it so eloquent and you know irons it out for me but I want to say if, if I might if I could say that in this case though if if you can sense a difference this time around other than it just being deeper right because it's three mm-hmm. heavy blows yeah. that he's experienced right I mean yeah. Right? Yeah. though he wasn't close to Cedric I think one of the things that is it, it is that was that experience with Cedric, which I think is one of the most it's one of the most brutal moments in the book. Yeah. Um in so far well, along with charity as well. Now we just saw that charity scene, but Harry wasn't witness to that. It's because Harry just saw literally that this man is just just the sheer power of evil, or just how evil mm-hmm. evil is in some way, you know, like he saw evil, you know, in true spirit, right? I think at some right. point he said, you know, Cedric was just there. And he yep. just, like, wipes him out. He mentioned yep. that at some point. Um, but here, I think, in, in book five, he had a purpose, right? I want to go hunt Voldemort, right? That was a purpose, right? And right. book six, you know, he had this all, like, you know, like, he had this Malfoy distraction. Right. Mm-hmm. But here, there is no distraction here. Because something is missing. Because I think he operated with this sense that, Dumbledore is in existence, right? And do he... I, I think in many ways he got into that habit of always believing Dumbledore will save him. 
and Dumbledore would find a solution to the problem. Well, I think it was a safety net. It was definitely a safety right. net. It's a safety yes. net that is yes. there, but that safety net is now gone. Mm-hmm. So now he has to really and truly deal with this fundamental loss because he's no longer safe. I think this is something he now is grappling with. It is something that I don't think he's ever had to grapple with before. Right? right. Because everyone said, you're at Hogwarts. It is the safest place. In fact, yes. he reassures Slughorn, right? Where else can you go, Slughorn? Dumbledore is at Hogwarts. That is pretty right. much the safest place you can be. And he said this so calmly. He never even questioned that this were a thing, right? That, that this was, he was just, this wasn't even like braggadocious or just being whimsical. He was stating something that he fundamentally believed. And now Hogwarts is, has been under attack. His safety net was destroyed at his safety net, right? His safe place was destroyed instantaneously in one fell swoop, right? I mean, he no longer has an, he has no adult left that he has regular contact with, you know, ever that he can rely on. That's right. And, you know, he has always had, even if if they were... That if even if Dumbledore wasn't right there with him, as you said, it was that safety net. It was that idea that if if worse comes to worse, I know where I can find Dumbledore. Right. Um, and I can, you know, whatever I have to do to to hang around and get his attention, that I have that 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 backup. And I think when Dumbledore says, "I am okay because I am with you." It, it means multiple things. In many ways, that's the passing of the torch. Dumbledore knows he's not got long. He knows that he will not be there with him. And so he knows that Harry has going to have to be his own strong city from here <clears throat> on out. But unfortunately, no man tell Harry these things. Because no. Harry doesn't see these things at all. I right. think he sees it this time. I you don't, don't think he sees it this I, time? I, I don't know if he sees it this time or no. He recognizes he's feeling he's gonna... very much alone. Oh, yeah. Well, he's definitely he's feeling, feeling alone, very much alone. But then yeah. he has to do that thing that he's incapable of doing, right? Deb says it. Harry's not a planner, <laughs> right? Right, right. And I, and I, don't, uh, think, I, I don't think that he has made the leap, be- leap from, I am so alone in this, you know, outside of Ron and Hermione. Um, but in terms of a kind of an existential um, loneliness that is going on, I think outside of that, I don't think he has made that leap to, I need to plan what 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 is going to happen to me because the people who've been doing the planning are all gone. And now it's up right. to me to do, to pick that up and start preparing for it. It's sort of like, you know, we'll we'll get much more into this later, you know, I think Ron thinks that he has a plan. Ron thinks oh, that look, he has made Deb, that leap. Deb, Deb, please, let's not sign off on a sour note, okay, Deb? Well, okay. If we right, just right, put that right. along, because, because Deb, I, 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 I'm going to fight somebody. There is the sense that, um, that he, that somehow that Dumbledore, it didn't just leave him with nothing. That he has something to rely on, and what he, what he basically has is just the mission. He doesn't really... He has other things. He just doesn't know it yet. Well, we're going to have our ex Deus Machina, Hermione, coming in to save the day. Right? Well, yes. But, but, 
But it's not so much ex deuce machina because it is totally in character. It is That's, not like it is. It would be. It would be much more ex deuce machina machina if somebody like Neville had done that. You know what yeah. I mean? This is but her, Neville this isn't her Hermione brown. is. This is who Hermione is. Yeah, it's been well established. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and that matters. Y'all don't seem to think it. I'm saying Hermione is that person throughout the seven books, <laughs> right? Like she's yeah. that person. We agree. But, we agree. But, um. So, in this scene, I think it, it is worth noting that you know, for I think this might be something sort of fundamental, not new, but you know, it's one of those interesting things for children literature where you're dealing with a heaviness of of, of loss. Though she's not articulating, um, though Harry is incapable of always articulating how he feels, the surrounding environment and things around helps us understand. That he is going through a lot of things. And throughout these seven books, Harry barely ever talks about these things unless in spout of anger and rage. And he's spitting out at people, but yeah. not dealing yeah. with fundamental issues of what's happening. Because in these moments of grief, Harry, one, always thinks he's the only one grieving. And two, he's the more, more suffering. He, he's winning the suffering Olympics, oppression Olympics. If it's suffering Olympics, I should put it as. And I think also, whether this is by gender or whether this is by age or, you know, just experience. And plus, Harry has a long history of abuse. So he's dealing, he's long suffering and knows how to sort of like shut down. Um, he doesn't, he never approaches to bring this up at any point, right? This, this never, he never brings up this situation. It's always forced out of him, mm -hmm. his reaction to a certain extent. But this time around, he doesn't express any sort of, there isn't um, rage at this point, I would say, for his situation. He's just trying to figure out that the next thing to do is basically, you know, I need to be able to do magic, right? Without the trace on me. That's basically, he's just thinking one step ahead. And he, he doesn't see beyond the next step, really, if you look at what is happening within it. But um, for me, what I thought was really touching about this chapter before we get to Vernon is him reading the obituaries about the, 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 the tribute to Dumbledore by Elphius Doge. I thought that was really, I think, I don't know if it's literary greatness, but I thought it was this whole scene, that whole newspaper, that whole newspaper um, artifact as that would probably, like, you know, like, the, the the daily prophet has never been this most enlightening for us. No, <laughs> never. Us. No, never. It hasn't never. been. Right? No. It's and we have come to regard the daily prophet as basically trash. Like, whatever. We're just looking for like a single bit of information, right? Who's dead? Who's alive? Who gets let out? You know what I mean? The only story of words in the daily prophet is a story that we knew already, which was the Harry Potter meeting Voldemort in the graveyard. Mm -hmm. We knew that story. But now the Daily Prophet is out here providing us with two exclusive features. And we're like, what is going on here? Meanwhile, the Daily Prophet is not even giving proper magical information about the, the real-life threat that, that is existing <laughs> no. in the magical really community. that you're all dying everywhere and Dementors <laughs> are breeding and you should be careful. But you know what? Here's a nice obituary. Right, right. 
Uh, not even an obituary. Here is a feature on Dumbledore, right? Another man who died it, it caught up in this mess, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Let's, yep. Let's get an exclusive. Let's get an exclusive on him. <laughs> and I'm just like, last year, so, last year, y'all were providing information of how to save you from Dumb Voldemort. Now we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, Dumbledore has taken over for the most part. Everyone is afraid and. You know, the less said, the better is probably what they're thinking. And this is something that would have been expected and and uh, been really weird if it had not been there. I, I, I think that it was really interesting, though, because Harry does realize how little he really knew Dumbledore. Yes. And he realizes that, and I don't think that he, you know, it's not unusual for a kid not to even think of an adult outside of their own interaction with them that right. they came from a family that some you know that things had affected them and to make them who they are so he had, like he says he had never thought to ask him about his past and mm-hmm. um there's so much about about who he is that he doesn't know so he, we he learned says, so much right, we, we did that as well though yeah yeah because this is something this is a one of the interesting thing about the um obituary that one for the very first time it put age it puts a date in reference to a specific to a yes yes. yes i don't think we've ever really had that I, no I mean, we don't know it how... might be off off from the chocolate frogs but we get age on a, a very important magical um event we mm-hmm. also get um the very first the wise old sage character, the 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 um Yoda type character, we might call him Yoda, the Merlin type character. We uh, we we usually never ask for what, what their youth was like. We just accept it. This is who yes. they are. Yes. They're just a, they're almost like a, a monument. And the monument is there and it is just it's always been there. We never question whatever kids to me. But for us, for one of the things we realized, we didn't know anything about Dumbledore, and now did we ever ask about anything? Right, about right. We never did, and it's something that you can almost ask. Well, we had no information about teachers, and we just accepted that, particularly since they live with these people, right? Right. <laughs> these people right. that twenty-four-seven for nearly what, close to what, ten months? You see these yeah. people for like basically ten months, and you and know, we just go, oh great, them. they must be okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, like where do they even go on holidays or whatever the case may be, and that sort of thing. And I think what it also for the very first time, we we were <laughs> at least for me, I would say, I was just like, wait a minute, oh yeah, Dumbledore was a human being. Like right. he had to you know what you know what's interesting. You know what's interesting is that I was just thinking we really learned a lot more about Slughorn than we did about most other teachers. Right. I mean, we knew, <clears throat> we saw Slughorn, you know, years ago. We we knew who his favorite students were. Um, we know what kinds of things he liked. Um, we knew, we knew, it, we learned a lot more about Slughorn mm-hmm. because we, you know, it was, it was germane to the plot, but we also, you know, then p- teachers that we have seen in all of the books. Um, so it's so much about Trelawney, and she is germane to the plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's one of the things that you know, it's it's um, selective who we actually learn about in terms of the teachers and the adults that are in Harry's life. 
we don't learn about all of them the same way. We learn about Lupin um, probably as much as Slughorn, um, and we learn about Lupin beyond. But there's so many of them that we don't know throughout from the text of the books. So I want to ask you guys, did you, when you went on first read and you got here, did you even realize that you knew so little? Was it something that you had questioned or did you get to this point and go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I knew nothing. Well, when I saw the obituary, there was some bit of it that I expected to read, right? Like he was brilliant and brilliant. But I didn't expect it to have been written by a friend. That's someone who literally is, is... We've met Elpheus Doge all the time. Right. But we've met Elpheus Doge as Elpheus Doge, right? Right. We've we never had, no had any idea. idea that Elpheus Doge was Dumbledore's um, contemporary. That they were best of friends in all, for all intent and purpose for this. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we just went... Because Dumbledore is older than... Um, What's her name? McGonagall. Um, I think I'm almost sure he taught McGonagall, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's pretty old. Um, he's significantly older than, um, well, clearly, than Voldemort. Um, and he was at the school for such a long... He's been at the school for a very long... I think he's the oldest headmaster, as a matter of fact. He's the longest right. serving headmaster. And even though we saw Dumbledore in book six, right, as a young man, and tripping around in intrigued by um, Voldemort's story. We never questioned about Dumbledore. We even met Dumbledore in book two, a young Dumbledore, a younger Dumbledore. Right, right. And we didn't even, like, hmm. because I think because he's always been attached to the school. And this was the one thing Elpheus Doge took out of the obituary. We learned everything about Dumbledore other than a teacher. He didn't even say he was a brilliant transfiguration teacher. Right? Exactly. He, we, we learn everything about Dumbledore before Dumbledore is attached to this school, which is rather a very odd place for like one of these figures to be attached to, a school per se, when we don't even have any information that Dumbledore had any sort of like direct influence upon a, upon a method of teaching or like a Dumbledore. You know what I'm saying? Like you had Yoda who was teaching Jedi, whatever the case may be, and there's a quote-unquote Yoda style. But we don't yeah. even know what a Dumbledore style is. So Dumbledore sort of like, I think what she's doing here, because it goes back to our question we had, the discussion we had like many podcasts ago about magical ethics. Dumbledore is the stand-in for magical ethics. Yes. That you are following the Dumbledore line of, you know, like not hating muggles, which is largely centered <clears throat> around that principle. I think Dumbledore's I influence is in leadership. Um, and whereas, you know, it's not a particular method that he's using and teaching or what have you, but in terms of how he leads and, and, and his ethics, like you said, um, in terms of, um, the advice he was giving Fudge, you know, trying to keep Fudge from going off the deep end, so to speak, um, and trying to maintain some kind of, um, normalcy, um, so to speak, um, and trying to maintain some kind of level of equity when it came to the, the, um, the kids who came to the school who were not pure blood. So I think it was more about his leadership style, his leadership style and his leadership guiding, guiding ethics. That was more of where his influence was on the school per se, as opposed to a particular teaching method or what have you. 
But it's not just the school, though. It was the magical community. The magical community, it, 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 yeah. The magical the, world. Because... He, and he happened to be operating out of the school, but his influence was beyond the school. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that is what, because I think one of the first plays when Fudge, that the thing that Fudge got him to be, is to be removed from, as chief warlock on the local Wizengamat, as well as the International Federation of Wizengamat. Right. So he got him removed from that. So I think, and I didn't even think of it well that way, because uh, this would have answered our question about ethics, though it's a poly representation, J.K. Rowling. But a poly, but. I think this is why Rita is quick to attack. This is the line of attack that Rita takes in yes. the second part, in the second article, because LCS Doge is presenting in a concise manner the Dumbledore ethics that we know and are familiar with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then Rita Skeeter presents this counter argument because this is everyone who dislikes Dumbledore is pointing to some of these very things. Oh, this muggle-loving fool. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. this sort right. of thing. So she's. So this is the question that is coming up now. We we're entering to the book seven. Is basically about Dumbledore. <laughs> basically, is it, are we gonna follow the Dumbledore ethical line? Are we not gonna follow? Are we gonna stray from? I mean, that it's like it, it's almost like Dumbledore. You know, he's our chief justice, right? Not the one we have currently, but okay. No, in theory. Not America. He's, and he's also setting a tone. He's also setting a tone for um how you're gonna operate that um you know that Harry veers away from briefly, mm-hmm. but he but it's also um trying to hold on to um the kind, the mission at the same time, because he knows that this is what Dumbledore has given him, and he has to figure out a way to do it. And so, reading this from Rita Skeeter, you know, because and they also, you know, Rita Skeeter is not a most credible source. Right. It's a little bit like reading, you know, something from the National Enquirer. Yeah, she's definitely I mean, like, like the, the National Queen. Enquirer is, is 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 um cats meow now. It's just. It's tame fair. Yeah. Yeah. Get a new for, for Fox. British tabloid, this is <laughs> the Daily Mirror. The Sun or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. So I mean, so they're basically so you know he's reading it, but it's also not going to have the same impact on him that the the Alpheus, Alpheus Doge's piece is going to. I didn't even. I I was like one of my favorite parts of this is like few who were present. Can speak of the R of the duel, the wizarding duel. I was just like, yes, this is what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I want more details, Elvius. I want more details about that because I have seen Dumbledore do some magic. Can I? It would have been interesting. And it's funny because, you know, one of the craziest things is that Voldemort is fighting to be Dumbledore's equal. I'll get over Dumbledore. And he didn't even come close to that shit. <laughs> You know no, I mean? no. Like, but we also will learn that Dumbledore was in possession of the Elder Wand for very, you know, that made me, we'll get there much later, but I had never, but I had never considered that until this go through that Dumbledore was in possession of that when he battled Voldemort. 
Oh, really? I didn't even think that mattered. For me, that didn't even matter. I think it does. I now think it does, I, but we're not going to have that discussion just yet. There are some things I that look, said it might, I but that's you okay. Got me out here. You, you got me out here. going to have to defend your name with Janina, but okay. Because I will, <laughs> I will not have Janina disrespect him. Your I'm ability just saying. To do Listen, we all know he's a powerful wizard, but you know, I won't a little have extra help hurts no Albus, one. Albus, rest assured <laughs> that we won't let Janina slander your name. Not on this, not on my watch. <laughs> but anyway, well, I think when I think when I got to this point, I was surprised at how little I had thought about Dumbledore outside right. of um, Dumbledore. The, the the icon. You know what right. I mean? He was much more a figure. Um, like we always say, he was the Merlin, he was the guide. I never thought of him as, oh, yeah, Dumbledore had a life before this. And Dumbledore, you know, other than the little glimpses that we'd had in previous books, I never thought about these things that had gone into making him who he was. And um, I think that was, I think that was kind of deliberate on the, on her, on on J.K. Rowling's part, was just to keep him up on that, that high, high um, Mount Olympus type situation, so you would not think of him in, on his human side until mm-hmm. the, we reach this point. Because mm-hmm. he was he was the most familiar character that we've ever met, actually. Yes, yes. He was a, a character that's like, oh, okay. And in fact, he was the very first wizard that we know. We saw the cat first. But he's the very first we saw with magic. Well, right. I guess, no, the cat did the, you know, pulling the map out. <laughs> But where we sort of like fully witness without, you know, through our own lens, I think, because we were just witnessing. But even beyond that, Dumbledore represents everything that you think of when you you think think of of magic in a wizard in general. So we were never really, we never really had a reason to question it. That's right. We never wanted to know because there was no reason to want to know. All we ever knew was, you know, I mean, there's been mentioned throughout that there was this big battle with Grindelwald and he defeated him. That's really all we know about his past life. We hardly know anything big. We know little tiny pieces, um, but we accept that because he is for sure uh, a standard. So... There is a bit I'm just before, you know, so we can go on. Janina has us on tight control today. We're trying to go beyond our chapter. Do y'all realize what Rita Skeeter is implying when she's talking about Dumbledore? What do you mean? So when I first read this book, I was like, Are you oh. jumping ahead? No, I'm not jumping ahead. Okay. When I oh, first you mean read that's when she implies a relationship between Potter and Dumbledore? Yes, and that, that, that Dumbledore is gay. This is clearly, Rita is making this claim here. Not just he's gay, but there's probably pedophilia involved here. What? Well, she, well, she said. Yes. that She, she said. She, she says, um, I devote an entire chapter to the whole Potter-Dumbledore relationship. It's been called unhealthy, even sinister. Again, your readers will have to buy my book for the whole story. Mm-hmm. But there is no question that Dumbledore took an unnatural, unnatural interest, interest in Potter from, from the, the word go. Go. I and never then, took it that way. And then she goes, um, if you go back, um, when she speaks of Grindelwald, she says, oh, no, I'm glad you mentioned Grindelwald, says Skeeter with a tantalizing smile. 
I'm afraid those who go dewy-eyed over Dumbledore's spectacular victory must brace themselves for a bombshell or perhaps a dung bomb. And <laughs> interesting news of what she, she corrects herself from the bomb to a dung. And where does dung come from? The asshole. Very dirty business indeed. She stresses this. Very dirty business indeed. Because this isn't about a bomb with just being like, you know, blowing up and carnage and whatever. She's speaking about it being dirty and messy. She said, all I'll say is, don't be so sure that there really was the spectacular duel of legend. After they've read my book, people may be forced to conclude that Grindelwald simply conjured a white handkerchief from the end of his wand and came quietly. There is Rita implying the things that we know. So but I think it's more, I think the relationship, the idea of, um, I mean, she had, all, they were already talking about um, kind of a, a, um, something wrong with the relationship between Harry and, um, and Dumbledore before. Remember, you know, the whole thing about believing him that, the, but it was more like, oh, they're, they're both mental type thing. They right. were both crackpots. Um, and that Harry, you know, was was swooning. So they were they were using that whole that whole piece before. But this is a little bit more. This is a little bit different. And this is why you really then, then um, she goes on to say that she has this great bond with Harry. So Harry. you know that she's lying. You know, the reader right then and there, she throws this out. And then you ne- the next parag- few paragraphs down, she talks about this great bond that she has with Harry, which the reader knows is a lie. And then she, um, she talks about how he has a pu- uh, few real friends. We know that's a lie. So then after she's dropped that little piece about the sinister nature of their relationship, the, ne- the next few things that she says are obviously lies to anybody who's read the other no. book. No, 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 no. Let me clarify. We as a reader know what she's talking about to be lies, right? But right. I'm not I'm not considering our understanding of what's happening. I'm I'm implying what she's telling the world. Oh right, 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 right. That's what but she's the, doing here. Is, but the wizarding the, two- the wizarding world know the, I think that there are many people in the wizarding world who know that who have their own doubts about Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. But you know, but, but remember, but remember Rita's, but but remember Rita's impact is actually large, and and remember one of the things that Rita has been able to establish, and the ministry did an excellent job of this, and we know this, right? We know this in our real life, right? It is hard to counter lies with truth, right? People, people, right. Even though you've already told people that this is not the case, like look, right. let's look at PizzaGate, right? There was no base, basement that they paid to her, but still people will believe, you know, like, exactly. well, they cover that up and, you know, that kind of nonsense and madness. Is that Rita's stories have always had impact. That Rita, Rita has a large readership. And considering mm-hmm. that how the magical world hasn't really moved towards to do anything revolutionary about this current threat, mm-hmm. that when there was an actual threat, you know, they spent like the whole of book five believing that, oh my God, this is crazy. They're going to send Harry hate mail, et cetera, et cetera. And they always take us out of a sympathetic tone because this is what Rita, Rita's already established that Harry is kooky and sympath- mm-hmm. he's, he's a sympathetic character. And the right person, what Rita's presenting is that 
Harry is a perfect victim for a pedophile. Well, I never, I, th- I thought when I read this that she was insinuating that Dumbledore may have been gay. I did pick up on that. I never once considered that the relationship, the healthy, really unhealthy relationship that's mentioned was between Harry and Dumbledore was of that nature that I, I never considered. Because that. we have always been with Harry when Harry has been with Dumbledore. There has never been a meeting that we've never been privy to the exact thing that was said. So in our mind, we wouldn't go there. But if you take that around and look at the other way around, a lot of people, not even McGonagall knows what meeting Harry and Dumbledore are having. And not to say that McGonagall would have that implication that it's something unnatural, something like this is going on. But you remember, Fudge has always been like, you have allowed this boy far too much liberty. We have been thinking under the impression that if Fred and George haven't been thrown out of Hogwarts. Why would Harry be thrown out? <laughs> the, the real question is that Harry should have been thrown out because Fred and George says, we know there is a limit that we, we might put a toe over this limit, right? But we don't, we've never gone over the limit. But Harry has gone over the limit every single time. They fought a troll in the first book. They went through that. <laughs> they went... They deliberately went for that room. They had a dragon at school. They shipped off a dragon at school. They went to. They took a teacher and almost got themselves killed and was down in the base, down in the, the, the secret place. They helped an escape prisoner out. I mean, like book four. I mean, like well, book four was the time we know where they were relatively safe. But then we knew Harry was far from being safe. Right, right, right. And he came back to school and told what the magical world knew to be the biggest lie in the world that Voldemort had returned. Right? And he came back to school with a dead body. The whole this is the thing sometimes J.K. Rowling talks about a thing and doesn't really talk about a thing. Harry came back to school at that try with the tournament. He went into a maze and came out of the maze with a dead body of his Well, I think though the reason student that he didn't that supposedly was his rival in the tournament. <laughs> because he and he and Cedric went into the maze at the same time. Again, we don't think about these things as readers. But imagine the wizarding world. And to also Seamus and and, and, and Dean don't even like, Harry. What happened? What tell us what really right. happened? <laughs> right. Right. But I remember I think... everyone was given and on and to and to boot to that in book six, right? Yeah. Dumbledore was given the note to other students to give to Harry, and they knew that Harry was given exemption from whatever detention he was having. Plus, that motherfucker was fighting Dolores every day at school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, But I think the Harry reason why the- all of this works is because we learn why. By the end, we learned why, and we learned that even though it looks like to the outsider that Harry was doing all of this alone, he was never truly alone. There was always some force behind him working up until the last minute, a person of authority. There was always somebody there. And yeah, so but that, no. that's, but that's why we don't question that so much. I think I see what, I don't disagree with what you're right. saying. Rita totally is able to paint that picture, but I think us, you know, a, as a reader who gets this whole entire overall story, we never question that because we know that there's always been an adult, mainly the driving force is Dumbledore. Even when he's guiding, you know, Snape, who doesn't know the true reason as to why for a long, long time, 
that's why we accept it. But you're right. Rita has totally been able in the wizarding world. I mean, and there's, you're, and there's Snape, not to it. Snape is another element of the story because it is documented that Snape despised Harry. Right. right. And we find that, and that out. And it's documented but, that Harry would, and Harry then go tells this lie. Well, uh, what I wanted to add to that, though, you kind of touched on it. You know, we do when, whenever they come back to Hogwarts, the beginning of the year, when there's been a tragic incident, you know, at the end of the year before, there is that buzz. You know, oh my God, it, it, we hear like, oh, there's even more people staring, or there's more whispers in the hall, or, you know, he's more intriguing and people want to get closer, and he has more people who don't typically talk to him approaching him and wanting you know to get close to him so i mean we see it it's just not a huge focus but they're think, not trying to get close can't... to harry in terms of knowing to know harry the they're trying to get are. information i don't know but, 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 he, but, he know, kind of when... becomes a celebrity and then the female students are like "Ooh, harry yeah but they're just trying to be harry the celebrity though they're not interested in harry as in harry but, but really no, but that's what kids hold on, do hold on we cannot, Def we cannot, we cannot let the wizarding world off the hook. They oh, I'm not want at all. to believe. They want to believe what Rita Skeeter. Of course, they do. They want to believe those those salacious stories. The same way, you know, this is another instance of you know what we're going through right now. I don't let people off the hook um, because just the same way I can read, they can read. Mm -hmm. And especially, especially people who have been in the majority in this country, they have had more access to stuff than I have ever had. And if I can read this stuff and figure it out, so can they. But they choose to believe these things that they see on certain newscasts and these stories about Pizzagate. They want to believe that. Yeah. Nobody, but, nobody's holding a gun to their heads. Nobody, and nobody's even giving them actual, um, uh, reasonable arguments for this stuff. It's just telling, just saying silly stuff out loud, and they're like, "Yeah, that's right. That's what happened." But hold on, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. They choose it. We're touching on a very interesting topic here, and it goes back to something I we just said earlier. Because the reason why they're choosing to believe in this is that Dumbledore is the is in is the standing for the ethics of the yes. visiting community, right? Because right. Dumbledore path is not an easy path, right? Dumbledore is forcing you to take deliberate action, to take difficult choices, and right. to, to make difficult choices, and to live a sort of a life's I don't want to say you know like blameless or uh, you know like I know what you mean you're, it's, it's, it's living a deliberate life and and if you look at the pizza game to be a if, thought to be thoughtful in the choices and that, considerate and about choices. others and to yes. be considerate others feeling particularly people that you traditionally have been told are below and beneath you. Exactly. And if you look at the Pizzagate story, the Pizzagate story wasn't just about a Pizzagate. It had connection to a power entity, right? Yes. The Clinton. Yes. And then you have yes. whatever, George Soros and all of this thing. And then mm -hmm. we had the same idea about pedophilia ring, right? Yes. Because this is the implication Rita is trying to dig here, right? Because the story doesn't even have to be that great and that big. Because we know that there have been mumblings about Dumbledore, even from respected wizards, the Weasleys, they all questioned <clears throat> Dumbledore in certain certain respect. I mean, like the children all thought he was all batty, that he was crazy. Yeah. Right? 
Harry yeah. is the only person who has never once doubted Dumbledore was even crazy. Hagrid right. told him who Dumbledore was, and he accepted it and took that and ran with it. Yeah. Nothing else. So really, all Rita has to do is plant a seed that because has already been growing. In there, right? Because, yes. because everybody, yes. because in, everybody in fertile wants, ground, in fertile ground, in fertile because everybody wants to divert from the Dumbledore path because Dumbledore path is we're not seeking open power. Yeah. We're not our idea about influence is not about domination. Mm-hmm. Because Elpheus Doge, look at the kind of Elpheus Doge is speaking for more people's rights. And Rita quickly dispels that. For somebody, for, for a group of people, she doesn't have any business being with. More people, we do not see more people outside of the water, basically, right? Right, right. And nobody goes down in the water, right? But she's dispelling um, what we would find out in this book something that we didn't even know. And we have had six books talking about these some references somewhere about goblins, that there is internal conflict and strife with wizard, with with wizard, with with magical people versus um, wizard um, goblins. We know in book four we learned first time we get introduced to the real politics. We know about how they're considered magical creatures, and mm-hmm. you're like, what? Mm-hmm. And some man is over them, and how quickly. The incident with Winky is how quickly the fate of these magical, quote-unquote, magical creatures are being assessed and being dismissed. And they're just somehow... And these people are integral part of the wizarding community. We see this time and time again. There has been not a single magical creature we have not met that has not laid some foundation to how magic operates within this community or how these people operate. So I think this is what Rita is doing here. This is why this is a big expose. This is why the book sell and Muriel is saying, because you have this issue about Volder, because Dumbledore's plan, what we all know, is that you cannot, you, you cannot um, succumb to this idea about getting rid of pure bloods and going after muggles. That is nothing that is wasteful. That, that that leads to destruction and to our center and who we are. There is nothing good to come of that. But it's easier for people to believe Dumbledore is a crackpot so we can go along with the power bandwagon. Because every time Voldemort has shown up, he has been able to get followers. People keep claiming that they're being hoodwinked and notice that the path that which people choose not to follow Voldemort is few and it's a small band of people and guess what? These people end up dead. Right. Well, and I think I think that that is also it's also indicative of why we're stuck with these young, these relatively young people having to carry the banner because the adults in the wizarding world will not, you know, except for a few like the order um, will not take a stand, not just against Voldemort, but against the crazy thoughts and, and ideas of the larger the community at large. Mm hmm. So you are left behind, you're left with this, this group of young people who are charged with trying to save the community from itself. Because left to their own devices, they will be sitting around wringing their hands and saying, oh, I didn't mean for it to go like this. Mm-hmm. How, doesn't that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean for it to be like this. Mm-hmm. I just thought, or I had no idea. It's sort of like when people like, how could this happen in my community? Are you kidding me? Right? You're so, a big you know, part of the problem. Exactly. So we see we see that exact same thing with why you've got these 
you know, you've got young people who are trying really hard to carry out this purpose, of trying to save their, their community from itself. And you know what? Rita does a lot of other things that we see today. Like, you know, she calls Alpheus Doge Dodgy Dodge or Dodgy Doge. You know, we're making up names. Making up names. Uh-huh. people. And yep. Yep. It's, it's, oh my God, to think that this book was written, you know, so long ago and it's still so relevant on how the media works. It's not oh. about, I don't even know if it's about it being relevant, but you, but it's about, it fits a larger pattern, right? Because this happens all the time, yes. right? We saw this yes. during the Nazi world. We saw this during, um, I just pointed out to a friend of mine this week. I said, during the Civil War, when the Civil War happened, one of the Democratic senators, beat a Republican senator almost to death. Yeah. Um, I forgot on his name. On the floor of the Senate. On the floor of the Senate. This happened in front of other witnesses. These were yep. two elected members of the House. Exactly. And this happened. And the man kept his job. Yep. <laughs> I can't. Yep. He kept his job. Yep. And the man had just literally read a statement about anti he was anti he was anti slavery. And the one who beat him said you have insulted my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said he took it personal. And yep. he beat that man with a walking stick. Be- this ain't like he hit him with a walking stick. He beat him, beat with, him. A wa- with a walking stick. Beat him, as my, 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 we were saying Karen, he cut his ass mm-hmm. in public. Beat him like he stole something. something. <laughs> <laughs> this happen so it's one of those yes. things where i think the magical wall i think was because one do you think that rita hits home to to um get it she then put the magical creature reference he's a friend of magical creatures so you know those types right Ooh. right your soul just quickly dismissed exactly right it exactly. wasn't just it wasn't just so much who's the friend of um thing because she and um it's the um child sumner the canon of child sumner by Preston Brooks. Yep. Yep. That's it. The Brooks Sumner Affair, they call it. Yep. Not the crime of Brooks. The Brooks Sumner Affair. This is how American history is written. Listen to exactly. me. Exactly. As, as, as though Sumner is somehow complicit in his beating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they had an agreement. There was right, some. Right. There was a meeting. There was a difference of opinion here. It right. wasn't that somebody just brutally attacked him while he was at his job by his coworker. But, um, it's one of those things that we and Rita does the other thing in the in the thing is that she says you know that the twelve uses of dragon blood, which was always been something that we we know about Dumbledore, Rita says nope that ain't a thing. Yep. He stole that. He borrowed that paper. He hmm. borrowed that paper. So it was one of those things that just like hmm, look at this mess. Yeah. This I thought was really interesting because I didn't expect this book to go this way at all. No. No, I, but, I didn't expect. But, but I mean, I, I expect you might have an issue with Dumbledore, but I thought this was this was something completely different because Dumbledore, what Rita was doing here, she's attacking every fundamental yes um, bit yes. of Dumbledore, and in doing so, she is attacking the magical community ethics at this point because once you've removed Dumbledore from the picture and what Dumbledore stands for which are the two large things Elpius Doge mentions, right? Yep. Mainly muggle and pure blood. He's anti-dose nonsense. 
you know, against muggles and against people who are not pure blood, you are then left with a free for all. It's a way we're up where we have two sides now. And Voldemort is presenting his side without him even needing to present it. And it's, because it's it so, gives it's so free range for those who wanted to feel this way to begin with. It's so interesting because Rita is not, she's not doing this in service to Dumbledore. She's doing this in service to her pocket. She's doing this in service to selling books. You don't get a sense that Rita is looking to, um, you know, I want to undermine Dumbledore so that the, if you think about doing away with the, with the Wizarding World's ethics, which Dumbledore stands for, she's not doing this so that she can align herself with the quote other other side, you know, which would be Voldemort, which would be the the other folks who are, you know, um, against Dumbledore's ethics. She's doing this just to sell books. She's doing this to line her pockets. Yeah, but she's she knows the books would sell. Any kind of philo- ph- ph- uh, philosophical basis. It's but not because just... she stands for something. Yeah, but she but Rita knew those books would sell. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Rita knows her yeah, audience. Exactly. Exactly. Rita knows exactly what the audience wants, what they like. So give it to them. That we know in a, in a lot of ways, it, it, and when you think about, you know, just from then on, you know, then the next stage is getting ready to leave the Dursleys. And when you think about the fight that Vernon puts up, it's kind of almost in keeping um, with what we've just been talking about in terms of people not having any credibility mm-hmm. or people not, um, you know, not following directions that would be helpful. Because it's not, he's just out of the clear blue sky. I'm just not going because I don't believe this. You know what I'm saying? You want my house. (laughs) And and we find out that he's been doing this all along. Like he's constantly changing his mind about whether or not he's going to leave. Right. The the funny thing is that Harry said the same thing I was, when Harry said, I thought Harry was reading my mind. Are you stupid? This house? I want this house. But you know what was interesting is that. I did think of this actually today, that it was actually, Vernon was hitting on something I thought would have been in terms of magical theory, is that Harry is safe once he can call this place home. So in fact, if Harry had really changed the deed over with some hocus pocus, (laughs) and the house became his, the magical protection is there, right? I don't think it is. That's not how it works. He has to be in the home. It's not that he only calls that place home. He has to be there with his with his family because when he's leaving, um, they say you are under the assumption that you will never live in this house or with your aunt and uncle. That you're you know you're never. I think there's part of that had to do with him being with the family. I think the blood connection. I think that's yeah. the, it's the blood yeah. connection. So it is the house, but it's the combination of having Aunt Petunia there as well. Right. But I'm just saying, Harry, that was a that was worth considering. But it really, but it was really interesting because, you know, it's like Harry's like at his last this is like the last straw. You think I'm trying to hold on to this house. You know, when you he said happy memories, to, he said, why all the good memories? I know. Oh, the, um, Vernon was just like, okay, It's really sad, though. I to me, I really, yeah, yeah. I because you know what, 
every time Harry is back here on Privet Drive, we're reminded of how shitty he's treated. But he is truly um, taking the time to go through the house and see it for a last time because this is his only home other than Hogwarts. So even though he doesn't have this pull to stay in a sadness about leaving his family, this is this is the only place he's ever known. And clearly it's affected him on some level if he has taken the time to say, I'm going to look at this one last time. I don't know if you've ever lived mm. in one place. And, I'm, and I'm going to tell you something else that you, I read it quite differently, though. I read it has been for the very first time in 16 years, Harry can walk freely in the house. Oh, and it I would also be the, the last time. No, I really thought there was a sense of sadness about that. I really did. I mean, there is oh, some sort of serious sadness that this is life. That this is a, I mean, it's a it might be it might be a sadness. I don't know if I didn't know if I necessarily read sadness, but I read like it, it was an emotional time really because he was actually screaming out loud, right? He was saying these things out loud because one, it's the first time he's ever been in walk around freely in the house. Harry couldn't even be freely at the. Well, that's, at not, the table. that's not completely true because we know no. that when nobody was home, he he would, never left the room. Yes, he did. He would sneak and get on. He tells us he would get on Dudley's computer. He would watch right. TV. He would take food from the kitchen. Yeah, he but he had to do that, that. But he couldn't do that freely. I understand. I just really feel like this was this was mixed emotions for for him, and I took sadness away from it. It sucks that this, because even when things are bad, when it's all you've ever known and you're never going to have it again, it's hard to leave it. Well, it, that's he, how I he, took it. In the, in the book, he says the prospect of parting probably forever from his aunt, uncle, and cousin was one that he was able to contemplate quite cheerfully, mm -hmm. but there was nevertheless a certain awkwardness in the air. What did you say to one another at the end of 16 years of solid dislike? So yep. I think I think there was there's always going to be a little bit of of um, wistfulness when you leave a place that you've been in a long time, even if it's not doesn't have great memories, um, because it just was the source. That, apart from the Dursleys, it was the source of his own growing up. So and there is some kind of connection there. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily mean saying goodbye to the Dursleys. I don't think that part really bothered him at all. I didn't get any sadness of that. But when he's walking around the house and he's like, oh, I used to sleep in here, but you didn't know me then. Oh, this is where I was when my letters came. Like, those are things, they're moments in his life that, you know, when he gets his Hogwarts letter, that's a that's huge you know that's yeah. a, that's a happy moment and he'll never be here in this spot ever again to remember that it's i just you know i i thought i felt i felt like there was a really serious underlying sadness of leaving the place that you've only never ever known as home even if it wasn't good and we don't i mean we can't even really say all good because it was mostly all bad but you know and he even says oh Dumbledore was here just not that long ago and now he's dead. There's like there's a lot of sadness here, I think. Mm -hmm. I felt it. I did, I didn't I get, have emotion. I didn't, I didn't get sadness. I, I got that part that Deb just read. 
It's like, what do you say? Because this was one his only living memory, a living relative, right? This is his only connection, and he has no connection in the magical world because no one came to claim it in the magical world. Is that there is a sense that he has to go off how I took it to be, if, if I guess maybe this might be what is sadness, is that he was truly alone now in the world because he knows that these people, he's not going to look for these people, and these people are not going to look for him. That much is clear. That this, this solid dislike is the best way of putting that way. Right? Is that Petunia, because this was the thing that really pissed me off about this part of the book, is that Petunia genuinely disliked this child. That there was just, that, that whatever it was she was going through or whatever the situation was, this was genuine dislike. It mm -hmm. wasn't like sometimes she was being hard on him because she wants to toughen him up and whatever. She despised this child. And took him in unwillingly, willingly, if that makes some kind of sense. When but, but she also, but she, you know, she had unresolved issues with her sister. And she just transferred them. Yep, that's to what Harry. I was about to say. And she had a lot of just like Snape. She had, she had unresolved issues with her sister. And she was and jealous. She, and well, jealous and was mm. one of them. Um, I just think there were so many things that she just didn't, she'd never really resolved. Well, and, think about it. She, she was jealous that she wasn't a witch. Right. We don't find that out until the very end. Yep. So, you know, she wanted to go to Hogwarts. She wanted to be able to do the things that Lily could do and she could never do it. And then all of a sudden her sister's dead. And now she has to do this all over again and take care of a magical child and be reminded of all the things exactly. that she wanted and she couldn't have again. Exactly. And mm. and that was the exact same scenario that Snape lived through, mm -hmm. where as so these are all adult unresolved issues that have been placed on a relationship with a kid. Yep. Yeah, I'm not trying to be kind here, but I'm sorry. Mm -mm. All those people. <laughs> this is just the pettiest of the pettiness. Snape is dealing with unresolved issues with the man to the boy's father, and she's dealing with unresolved. But you see, I'm going to tell you why. Oh, let me tell you why I related to this so much, though. This whole part of Harry leaving that house for the last time. If you have ever left a place like Reels, I believe your parents live in the house that your mom lives in the house that you grew up in. Correct. Right. So you can go there. You can go there. When I grew up, I lived in one place. I never moved ever, ever, ever. I had left and I had gone back home, but I had never truly taken all of my stuff out of that house. Um, even when I moved in with my husband, I still had stuff at my mom's. Well, then, and that was my childhood home. That's the only place I had ever lived in, you know, 20 something years of my life. And when my mom moved finally, and I had to go there and get everything out. And it's, I knew I was never going back. That is a really weird feeling. It's really, really weird. And that's, I guess maybe that's why I, cause I, I didn't really relate much. I, I didn't care. I don't want to say I didn't relate, but I didn't care so much about the parting with the actual Dursleys, but mm, yeah, leaving a place and knowing you're never going to see it again is emotional regardless of whether all the memories are good or bad or a mixed bag. It's really, really weird when it's you know, someplace that you've been stationed for so long. 
And I think, you know, when you when chapters close, um, you don't often know that it's a closed chapter. You know, you mm -hmm. don't know. So you don't get the full impact like you described. But Harry knows this chapter is closing. He just he says, I will probably never see these people again. Right. And so I think that, you know, that the what goes with closing a chapter in your life, even if you're it's not it's been a very unpleasant chapter, there is some emotional weight that goes yeah. with that. And he doesn't have any other true family. This is his only piece of blood family left on earth. Right. So I think, and I think, you know, also he thinks he's doing, you know, more for them than he even, you know, because he's making sure that they're going to be safe. Yep. And, you know, these, these fools like, well, Vernon, it's like <laughs> making it. You know, you you don't realize what you're refusing. You don't realize. Why can't we have Kingsley? Exactly. <laughs> you know, why can't we? You know, everybody wants Kingsley. But, you know, he he's really making a way for them to be safe, mm -hmm. which is more than they've ever done for him. Right. And then he's exas exasperated because they don't even seem to, he doesn't even seem to appreciate that. On the one hand, he has such disdain for the magical world, Vernon. But then on the other hand, he wants them, he wants to be treated in a certain kind of way by them. He wants, you know, he wants to be calling shots and whatnot. Well, that's so his white privilege, no? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he's just really, it's one of these people who's so ignorant. And I don't mean ignorant, just ignorant of, mm -hmm. of the world and the way yep. the world works. And so, so steeped in um, what I know is the thing to know. But this is middle class bullshit for it. you right here, right? This is it. Mm -hmm. this is yeah. middle, you understand nothing about the, the full scope of power. Nope. You understand nothing about the issues of people below you. You exactly. just think you have you just think you have arrived at a place and you're the hardest working person in the world. Mm -hmm. And you know that like we're out here trying to, you know, how she's always here to report number number miss number next door. Because they're using water for this, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. These people are just this. This I don't even know how she found this man or where she found this man. But <clears throat> there couldn't have been two more peas in a pod. And well, I don't feel sorry for a lot of them. He even says, "What about what about my career? What about Dudley's school? Like, what are you gonna do? You know, why? I'm not. Do, I'm not giving all this up because he thinks that that's far more important than anything else because he doesn't want to believe what he's being told. But this, but this, but this is his sense of power. You remember, right? Yeah. Dudley going to that school yeah. was his source of um, power, right? Because he was talking about." Remember that that unfortunate um, dinner meeting when <laughs> when the all when the three when the all came and snatched the woman here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that whole scene that was a hot mess. It was a hot mess, people. But I would say that this scene was such. Again, I thought it was really interesting is how when. Um, what's her name? Oh my God, what's that woman's name? The, the witches, witches that came. Um, oh, Hestia, Hestia, and um, Daedalus. Yeah, they were like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Is this <laughs> are these people for real?" Yeah. Right. And once again, we have that 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 scene that happens off every time someone from the magical world has an interaction with the uh, Dursleys. 
and um, you know they're they're trying they're stunned that um, that of the way they talk to Harry and that they're not interested in Harry and Harry is basically saying it's okay it's okay this is a good, this is a, let's just move on yeah and you know they want to dwell on it a little bit like oh my God don't you know don't you know this matters don't you realize. Um, Who you're you know, these people realize what you've been through and what imagine. danger you're in and what unique position you hold and and Harry's like let's just go let's just go. <laughs> I I would have loved to like be a fly on the wall and see the looks on faces of Dursley Vernon Dursley when they come in the house and they're like, oh hello Harry Potter's family. He must have been mortified. Like well, we've seen this many times. We've but seen how, this at the train station. Someone, but to someone to actually refer to him in, you know, like, oh, hi, Harry Potter's family. It's a big deal when you take someone's name away. You don't really want to be introduced, you know, and you have a connection to someone that you despise. And that's how people remember you or whatever i well, mean that's how everybody talks about them everywhere because remember when he met um at the train station this happens all the time at the train station when they come <laughs> pick harry up is that they always go to speak to oh you must be harry's family right. and they could right. be more revolted i remember when dumbledore dragged them last year they looked around like who are you talking to right right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. who unfortunate child no, are you talking feel- about I feel like it's different to say, oh, you must be so-and-so's relative as opposed to, hello, Harry's family. Oh, my gosh. You know, there was a different air of uh, celebrity in their selves because they were like, you know, we're we're so, like, lucky to be here to do this for Harry Potter. Whereas when the Weasleys, they're like, oh, you must be Harry's uncle. Hi, nice to meet you. I think there's... there. I think this time it's probably much more insidious for them because yes. of the fact that Harry is the source of has always been the source of all of their trouble, mm-hmm. and now Harry is the source of even their biggest trouble. He's taken away their seat of power, everything, He's taken away their right. home, and going into hiding right. to some squalor. Because I know Von and Dursley's thinking about that place where he went to hide last time from Wizard, right? Into some <laughs> little shack <laughs> in the middle of an ocean, right? <laughs> That's what he's thinking about. He went to the North Sea, basically, to go I hide. I wish we could have learned where they were sent. Um, I had no interest in them. I hope Beatles Diggle dropped them off a, hill, off a cliff. <laughs> because I that would have been the last thing forward. I would have been in there trying to do. Trying to catch an attitude with the people I was going into hiding with. Right. And trying to show myself to be the most rude and ridiculous person ever. By the people <laughs> I'm going to go hide with. And Magical people that I got no, and I have no defenses. I, you can't even trust this man with a gun, uh-uh. like we saw last time. Right, right. Nope. So yeah, these people, I don't really care where they're going. In particular, by the end of the story, I was just like, this heifer. I'm sorry. <laughs> like this is one of the most. <laughs> I mean, y'all don't understand. That woman tried to hit Harry with a skillet in yes. the head. Yes. Ooh, so that gentle. woman stole grapefruit from Harry. Give Harry a peg of grapefruit. <laughs> she made Harry made breakfast. She she had to cook a whole dinner. Do you know how spiteful you are to cook a whole fancy meal and get Harry bread and cheese? I know, right? Listen I know. to me. 
I hope these people eat rat poison but just get sick and every day give them more rat poison. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish these people nothing well. These people Moral of the story, anything. don't ever piss reels off. No, well, I mean, you know, I'm what's, sorry. What's interesting, though, what's interesting is we never see, other than this little, little blip, um, moment where um, Dudley says, I don't think you're a waste of space, from the t- from the very beginning of these of this series until this moment, we don't get a change at all in the Dursleys. The Zero. Dursleys are who they are. They you know, but there is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the Dursleys and what they represent and their kind of uh, mediocrity and their their type of um, low curiosity about the world and um, the arrogance along mm-hmm. with it and the rudeness they never change. They stay the same. And so they are the same as when um, they drop that baby off. Um, and he then until this moment where he's almost a man. Mm-hmm. And we never really, you know, and I think that says something, you know, about the fact that these people have been through, they know some things that have happened to Harry. They know some things about that world. And they are no more changed and no more sympathetic than they ever were, Mm-mm. which and I think is me. realistic. I think and it's listen, very realistic. And listen to me, my foot is on Dudley's neck too. Like has the point out, but you only say he's not a waste of space. Right, you ain't right. said nothing else. That's right. You say you nothing didn't say else. anything else. Mm-hmm. Because listen to me, listen to me, Dudley. <laughs> I know you, bitch. I know what you were saying. You were going for Harry's jugular. Remember what you told yep. him? Oh, is it your boyfriend? He was carrying on about him, and who running around with all them men on all the time? It's you, boo. Deflecting. Right, right, right. You're here deflecting your madness. Love, Mm-mm. Dudley, and you all here. You know he can't get ice cream. I mean, you letting your friend, the pole kisses, getting ice cream over Harry. Get out of here, bitch. I hope you break your neck while you're doing that. <laughs> while you're doing that, um, bench pressing out here. Y'all are evil. Listen to me. If it's one of the things I hate the most, it's people being evil to children. Because it's, it, you know, and it's funny, I just watched a series where this father was, you know, abusing the children, like, you know, physically abusing them. And he was sleeping one night and one of the children and stabbed him. And this was based on a true event. He stabbed him. <laughs> like, he only lucky that the child didn't stab him multiple times. And he ran yeah. and beat up people. But I'm just simply saying, when you're doing this kind, you you don't understand. And I think it's one of the things that Harry's Dumbledore says. It's, and that's why I think Dumbledore finds Harry so remarkable. Is that the amount of shit that Harry has been through. Yeah. And really still is no somehow a quote-unquote remarkable person. I right. mean, Harry's fucked up by no means. He is fucked up. We know that. But right. I think the, the, the difference for the, 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 the stroke that Dumbledore is speaking of is that you have never been seduced by evil. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have no pleasure in, in inflicting pain on anyone, That's which was right. something remarkable that Voldemort was saying from the beginning. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, he has been showing this propensity to be so corruptly evil. But I think it's it's like when you we we see we talked about how we have these lost quote unquote lost boys lost every last and, one and, of them. and every last one of them but they all have different reactions 
to their circumstances. They all have, I mean, and and they're on a continuum. I guess you could put, you know, um, Dumbledore at the very top and then, you know, moving on down, you got Harry moving on down. So you got all of these guys who have basically had similar upbringings or similar experiences in their lives. And this, and how they have responded is this is what we're looking at is one of the things that is brought to the reader to consider that there are different ways to consider what happens to you in your life. There are different ways of handling it. Um, and that, that each one of these people have made a choice. Mm-hmm. They've made a choice in how they're going to respond. And then, well, you know, right from the very beginning, you know, early in book one, um, Harry's presented with another opportunity, you know, when he meets Draco. And he's and, and for some reason, all Draco does is remind him of Dudley. <clears throat> it could have very well been, oh, now here's my chance to be in with the big with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the choice he makes. But it's a calculation I'm surprised um, Voldemort Dumb, Dumbledore makes, right? Because knowing that Dumbledore Voldemort grew up in an orphanage around regular children, but I guess the difference is, is the blood, right? It's right. the blood that he's right. making. So Harry understood from the very beginning that blood doesn't even... People say blood is thicker than water. Harry's like, blood no whole shit. <laughs> be like, these people but it was the magic. Been... It wasn't just the blood is thicker than water. It was it was Lily's magic. 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 And yeah. it's literally his mother's blood, right? right? But this woman, and I think, you know, just like... I just think of the evilness these people have put on that child. Your parents are dead in a car accident. They got themselves blown up. They got themselves out killed. I mean, to say those kind of spiteful things to a child when she has a child the same age. Yeah. This wasn't like if, you know, for some reason, like she had an adult child, you know, like, you know, she was just tired of taking care of a child or whatever the case may be. They did the bare minimum for that child. And he had money. And they didn't, they just, just like, mm-mm. these kind of people. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be exposed to anybody else. Drop them off a cliff. They shouldn't procreate. <laughs> they shouldn't be exposed to anyone. Because given the opportunity, here it was a moment for you to reflect on your bullshit. She ran outside and cried. And was like, fuck yeah, man. I can't even say goodbye to a child. She couldn't even say that. She yeah. couldn't even say that. And this was her nephew. Yeah, this her was family. her only sibling they don't have an uncle somewhere else Mm-mm. the parents clearly died early because this is one of the odd things about the book is that lines are getting wiped out so completely so quickly no one has a lot of cousins and whatnot the case may be that's why auntie muriel was looking at um barry like what is this another one do cousin around here mm-hmm. <laughs> he's out here breathing like oh, breathing like a rabbit like, you know, exactly. this is one of the reasons why um, we, because I think, right, I think only the most siblings people have is one. Harry and Hermione are only children. Unless they're the, twins. The twins. Um, oh, I think Dean. Dean has other siblings. He does. Uh, yeah. Sisters. But that's because his mother, he doesn't know, gosh, she's black, so she don't know who the daddy is. The daddy may have been magical. J.K. Rowling, you're nasty. No, I, th- I, I didn't think that. I thought that he didn't know. I didn't think his mother didn't know. No, the mother doesn't know who his father is. He said that in the beginning. 
Uh-uh, if I the father it, left early, he didn't. They yes, didn't know whether the father. That would mean that the mom knows. The mom knows, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Doesn't know why, who the daddy is. He doesn't know uh, his father. <laughs> he doesn't know his father. Right, but, but that's his my mother point. knows. But but that's my point is that the father left early. Because yeah. that's one of the reasons why why Neville why um because he couldn't trace his line. I just thought the mother didn't know too because he couldn't he couldn't find the person to <clears throat> assert whether or not he had magical lineage. No, they just didn't know where he went. He took off. I mean, if he was there right. when he was little, clearly the mother knows who he is. He just took off and they couldn't find him. Right. So there is, a, and, and she, but, but she couldn't verify. Point... She couldn't verify whether he was a witch, whether he was a wizard or not. That couldn't have been. That couldn't be established. Right. Well, I don't want to get bogged down here with I, this. I, I don't know why I thought that it was okay. Go ahead. Oh, what I think what you're getting at is that J.K. Rowling had a whole backstory for Dean, yes. but she never put it in. Uh-huh. Where the She's father right. was was integral right. to the plot. Yes, and, the, and, the, the, and the, I think the, the father, father was the father was killed during the fighting against Voldemort the first go round. Right, that's what I thought. But. Um, yeah, but we she and then was removed from the from the book. That whole plot line was removed. Mm-hmm. I think that's why she kept those five. Those they were always together. There was yes. supposed to be like this whole thing with all of them. But anyway, so we get this crazy scene. Janina, how much time do we have left? Because we're gonna get to the. Um, oh. actually, yeah, I think we should probably l- wrap it up instead of going into the travel. I, I do too, because this really, that battle and... We want to get in deep. We really want to talk about the battle and we want to talk about the seven potters. Yes. Oh, I didn't think that was okay, ladies. I, I, I yield to your better judgment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything, I mean, I thought this was, you know... Well, there won't be another book. I was about to say we won't get any more visits to private drives. It's like, yeah, because there's no book eight. So Well, I wanted to I, I wanted us to, you know, we we've touched on it a little bit, but let's each of us talk about was this a satisfying ending to the Dursleys for you? Did you want to know more about them? Did you care no. more about them? No. Were you okay that they just got in a car and they are gone? I was well, perfectly okay with it. Well, I mean, I'm, I wanted children. to know more about uh, Maropi than I wanted to know about the Dursleys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give a turn. I mean, I, I may not have been as virulent that's as them, Fields is. Re- listeners, but I just really in case did. you missed it. What did, my girl have on, what did my girl have on her coat? I don't care, do you? I want to put on that coat right now for the Dursleys. That's them saying about the Dursleys. If they're on fire, she wouldn't even spit on them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go across the street to take care of the Dursleys because <laughs> I and I, I do. I totally agree that they're the most. They are the most as outside vile. Of they are the most despicable um, characters in the book, um, and they never change. They never showed a shred of concern or humanity or regret or remorse or anything. And so, yeah, I agree. I don't need to know. I'm hoping that, you know, chances are the wizarding world, they probably took them somewhere nice Mm -hmm. and they probably got much better than they deserved Mm -hmm. because that's what they would have done, especially this group that's taking care of things. But mm -mm, I was perfectly okay with not knowing. (laughs) 
I'm but, still I'm still care, more curious about Moropi. <laughs> that's Deb. Listen to me. But I, I would say that's rather interesting because uh, question: Do you think that Voldemort even considered to go look for them? To look for who the Dursleys? Yeah. No. 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 I don't think so either because it had been well established that Harry had not been well. That Harry's relationship with these people had been volatile at best. <laughs> that he disliked them tremendously. And I think he would never even bother to look at them. So I, I, I am happy to believe that Didalus Diggle and um, Hesia Jones killed them. And I'm, <laughs> I, I am, I'm going around with that. And oh, like shit. Deb says, you know, like this is a children's book. So what I really want, you know, like they disappeared in Didalus Diggle, just like they're standing over a cliff and they were like, yeah. And Didalus Diggle and Hesia Jones came back for the Battle of Hogwarts. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I didn't um I didn't want to know about them per se. I did kind of want to know that they didn't maybe end up okay, but I didn't miss it. You know, I I remember going, "Well, where did they go?" Um and I remember wanting them to have not been okay, but I didn't really care. But yeah. I, I it's funny that, you know, People somehow have some level and shred of sympathy. Sometimes I really wish people would read. Like I, I, I go on Twitter and you know see these organizations and these groups and you know like someone put a tweet in a like justice for Petunia and you have hundreds and hundreds of reactions. People are like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. What? And I'm just like, we clearly didn't read the same book, right? Because, well, because one of the interesting thing about Petunia is that Petunia knew magic. She understood the power of magic. She understood because not only did she know, she knew what Dementos were, she knew how they exist, what they did. Mm -hmm. And I am sure I've known about Lily is that Lily was concerned and considerate. She always was that person. So I would have had no doubt that Lily would have had some sort of explanation or talk to her or tell her about at some point. Even at the very end, Lily, when we saw that scene in training, Lily was just like, it was very nice of him to even try to write you back and whatever. The magical community has done nothing to this woman. She's just mad she couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. And what is even more insidious about these people is that every fucking year, they send in a Christmas gift out of heat and spite. Mm-hmm. I don't know how level of petty that is. These people are not just... They're like, we thought of you, and this is what we... That's when we were thinking of you, this is what we thought of you. A dirty old sock. An ugly bull. That's what we thought of you. <laughs> and clearly, Lily was sending letters to her to be like, you know, like I had a baby, I'm pregnant. That bitch didn't read shit. She didn't. She didn't reply to not one of these things, but just to send a foreign address. Be like, let's send her a track. Let's send her a bowl. Ugly socks to this child. Every year they send a letter. Every Christmas, the Dursleys send Harry trash. Mm-hmm. That's how evil and vile these people are. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the only justice out here is the only thing I'm sorry for Harry is that he wouldn't get the resolution or, or the, the confrontation or the because you know it's I have been oddly enough I watched several television shows where abusive parent came back into adult um, lives. And they're begging for some sort of mercy or some sort of like, you know, you know, absorption from their madness. And it's how selfish and monstrous these people remain is that they're just looking for comfort for their own life. Like, you know, like, 
let me try to clear my conscience. I could go meet God or whatever it is. They never consider the things that they have done. And those people never consider. They treated that boy so miserably all those years. And people told them every bloody year, someone was telling them, you know, Harry has been a decent kid, you know, like, you know, he's in danger and all this shit. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Yeah. Although we have the one moment where Dumbledore sends Petunia the howler when Dernan, uh, Vernon wants to put Harry out. Remember? Yeah. She, she does actually put her foot down and say he must stay. That is the only tiny, tiny bit of uh, care or ounce of compassion we have ever seen her show for Harry ever. That's it. I think she was afraid. I think she was remembered the lie. I think in the original letter, Dumbledore explained to her that keeping Harry there is for her protection as well. Maybe I, I never. I think I that's I what it is. Heard it that way. That's a, that's a good possibility. Yeah, um, that is a good possibility. I I always took it as if he doesn't live there, you're you're going to be the cause of his death. I no, not that that that, that the protection won't exist there anymore. And that they would, this would be the very first place, and it was the very first place that they went. Yeah, for sure. Yes. But I, yes. didn't, I, I never, I, I like that. I never considered that she said he must stay, being selfish. I never, I never considered that. I thought that was the one thing she did for Harry, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, because now, because Dumbledore told him. Remember what Dumbledore said to Harry, right? They took you back. They took you, even unwillingly. They took you anyway. And even Harry didn't understand this because when Harry goes to Dumbledore and he asks Dumbledore, and in true classic Dumbledore style, right? He answers your question, but he doesn't answer the question. When Harry he gives you an Dumbledore, answer. What are you Harry about? asks Dumbledore, it was you who sent the howler. And Dumbledore said, I just thought I would remind her. But the real question is that what were you reminding her of? Right. What was and in the original always, letter? Yeah, I always thought, well, because we know that he tells her in that, you know, I, I wrote to her and I told her that th- these protections were placed on the house, but they were only ever is they were only good as long as you could call it home. So I took that howler and the reminder that he was sending to be don't you do this to Harry. It's going to get him killed. I never considered even for a moment that it was about her family as well. I really didn't. Did you Deb? No, I didn't. I, well, I, I thought it was just, you know, this is the, this has to be, you know, this is the arrangement that we have when he said, remember my last. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really about Harry. I didn't, I never thought it was about her and, and the, her family. I yeah. thought it was about her and it was about it was about her and because she's the one connected to Lily by blood. And so I def the three of them are the, the, the blood connection. So I thought that that was what it was about. I never thought it was about about them, about the Dursleys. I always for me, I would just say this because these people have shown nothing but selfishness. Right. Look yeah. Yeah. They went to, that we're gonna get a prize. Let's drive off and go get a prize for our plants. Bitch, y'all are nasty. Nobody giving y'all <laughs> shit. <laughs> no one likes you people. <sighs> These people, I mean, like it is one of the most and it, and it's such an understated thing. And I don't think the movie brings this out. And they had the perfect person for this because Fino, Fiona Shaw. She's an excellent actress. She's she, excellent. she gives and she's a director as well. 
Yeah. And so she knows how to do these cues in this sort of like, they wasted her in that role. They wasted her because she is that, she is who only I could see somebody skinny and but you know, like the, the only way, the horse face kind of way, but you know, but <laughs> Fiona have that look too, you know, but <laughs> the only thing, these people are so, I mean, like, I, I cannot, it just really, when people are just deliberately mean and evil and spiteful to children. <clears throat> it's one thing to dislike a child and be like, don't come around me, get away from me. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to be this, is to be so spiteful. They inflict pain upon this child. Mm-hmm. Physical yeah. and mental. And they will all deliberate. And they had their child joining on the gang too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything that boy did to, that, to, to, to Harry, he learned it from them. I think as, as he grew up now in the age of information, I think he begins to suspect that he is hurting himself. These two old fools, it's too late for them. They're just pure evil. You can't fix that. He realized that he's messed up because he can't function in the real world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's too late now, boo. Who, who, who's going to waste the time and try to deal with you? Right? I'm sure all of his relationship with the boys he's trying to get to, they're like, yeah, you, you're damaged goods, boo. Mm-mm. <laughs> you're good for a fling but you ain't good for a relationship oh, and that's because he's trying to get out of that house and now you're going into hiding mm. I'm sure Deedalus they're going to be like you know what Ooh, you know what y'all want to leave go go because if, <laughs> if if y'all think if we can't even stop Voldemort I, go ahead people go ahead better hope Bellatrix don't catch you out but... that's the truth alright <laughs> really? until next time guys Yes, and then lovely. we'll we'll definitely um we'll definitely get into the seven potters and and the whole fight. So again, literally, we cover one chapter. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I am. We did two chapters. We did two today, actually. Three. Damn it! Did yes, we? Yes, we did two. We did two. We, we did are two making three. progress. Well, progress we'll for the sake of progress. Oh yes, for those who depart, and that was a whole chapter in itself. I do yeah. thought it was one. Yes. That's true. Yes. My my pardon, ladies. My pardon. Yes, yes. So remember that you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. We are all over all of the places. But if you could be so kind, please rate and review. Like and subscribe us. Subscribe to us. I mean, come on, people. Do you all know, give us content. And if you think we're not that good, which is cannot be true, we would happily, you know, be better. But be even better than better. It would be greater. Because we're already great. <laughs> so, Dima, I would like to know what you thought of this episode. Well, Tony does listen. You know, he. Yes, Tony does. Thank you, Tony. A great Yay, support. Tony. Um, yeah, and let us know, you know, like, and which team are you on, Tony? Because I know you're beside her, you know, like, I know you okay. don't want to say you are not team Janina because Janina is your bestie. <laughs> but, he you know. Team Janina. I don't think he is. Though. He's probably. You can be Team Deb. Deb. You can team. You can say Team Deb in the DMs. Okay, Tony. <laughs> Listen, Tony's giving me reading suggestions, so we're 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 come. Our relationship is growing. Janina, hear that? <laughs> Tony and Janina. Tony, Tony and Deb got a group chat going. Janina, okay. You better get in on that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to intervene. <laughs> All right, ladies. So wonderful. On to podcast number 23 next week. All right. Good night and reels. Mischief managed.